It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Gluck, and I'm along with my coworker Jordan Bianchi. We are motorsports writers for The Athletic, and we're sitting here at Daytona International Speedway, where we have just watched the Daytona 500, which went off as scheduled on time with no rain, no <laughs> postponements, no delays. Uh, what a refreshing thing that was. And uh, it was, you know, it all went off as planned. I mean, beautiful day, sold out crowd. Uh, lots of excitement, good atmosphere, and uh, I thought a pretty decent race, exciting finish, certainly. And uh, here we are to talk about it all. Jordan, how are you doing today? I can't tell you how happy I have been all day that I have not had to worry about rain. Is it going to rain? How long is it going to rain? Is it going to rain all night, and do I have to be here tomorrow? It is, what time are we recording this? It is, what, 9.55 Eastern time? It's not 3 o'clock in the morning like we've recorded the last two years at it was great. And the race itself, I thought that was a really good race. I, I mean, is it a memorable race? The finish was. I mean, I don't think it's like a barn burn or anything. But I thought that was a really good Speedway race. You had a lot of different plots, a lot of different storylines, a lot of different characters involved. I, I, I don't see I, – I have a really hard time picking apart this race. Yeah, I mean, to me, it, it went off uh, – well, I think it, I think the race was better than I thought it would be. To be honest, I thought it was going to be I thought they were going to get really strung out. I thought there was going to be like a lot of strategy and it, it would get into sort of groups and break mm -hmm. apart like we saw um, in the yep. duels and things like that. And Long green flag runs. Right, right. Exactly. And that wasn't the case. Um, you know, it, it kept it up uh, enough to where, I mean, you had, you know, some moments where they would ride a little bit. I mean, but, but that's, that's, that's that's typical, yeah. completely typical. And, and I thought there was more side by side racing and they stayed up closer in a pack than I thought. I mean, there was all this fear that. Oh, they're not going to be able to draft up, and they're going to fall off the back. Not and at all. That didn't happen. No, we had guys coming from the back. Uh, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano did it. Um, all throughout the race, Kyle Busch did it. Uh, the, the second place finisher, Bubba, Bubba Wallace, came up. You know, it's just you had movers and comers all day, and I think part of that was because I, I thought the alliances, the manufacturer alliances, were going to be so pronounced. And it was at times, and it certainly played an impact in the finish, but the elimination of a lot of players especially on the toyota side and some of the hendrick guys it kind of made a point of well i can no really longer just stick with guys on my same manufacturer because otherwise i don't have anybody to work with and like bubble wallace at the end he didn't have kyle bush with him they were running in the same vicinity but they weren't locked in together and i think that played a part into it where guys had to make decisions the fords i thought ended up having would have the advantage at the end and they did because you know, you had the Penske guys of Blaney and Cindric up there, and they seemed to work that really, really well. But it was not the t it wasn't what we saw in the duels where everybody quickly latched on to at least in the towards the end of the race. It wasn't where everybody latched onto a partner and said, "Okay, I'm only sticking with them, hell or high water." So I think we should maybe why don't we talk about the finish first, and then we can kind of 
dive into some of the other things because yeah. the finish is what people will remember. Yeah, that's all people are going to talk about this race. Yeah, um, and I think it's interesting because, um, well, first of all, Austin Cindric winning this race. I mean, I I would almost say that to me, even though he's driving for a great team and, and a, one of the high profile cars, that that to me is almost a bigger surprise than Michael McDowell winning this race last year. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, Michael McDowell winning this race was not a surprise. Oh, kind of. I mean, he had never not, won a NASCAR race before. Not, I mean, so. in the sense that we he's in these, he's in contention before. He's been there, you know, the two years before he had finished third in this race and was mixing it up for the lead late. I mean, it wasn't I think people who understand the nuances of speedway racing didn't really see that as a surprise. Yeah. This one though was pretty out of nowhere to me. I mean, as much as I could have named 20 drivers and I wouldn't have picked Austin Cindric as one of my 20 uh yeah. to win this race. I mean, and, and nothing against him, but I mean, just the fact that he's a rookie, this was only his eighth cup series race, um, doesn't have experience, you know, leading a, a, a super speedway race in the cup series, doesn't have experience running up front. Um, I, I would, I would have said, well, there's going to be a lot of people he's going to have to beat. And he did beat those people. Um, and some of them got taken out Rex and stuff like that, but he was up there all day. He was mixing it up. Didn't turn a bad wheel, really. I mean, I know he got in the back and chase Briscoe at one point, but really, in a race like this, he was pretty good. Well, Ryan Blaney might disagree that he turned a bad <laughs> wheel uh, on the last lap coming to the finish there. <laughs> but um, you gotta defend your position. Do you? Yeah, you, you're leading the Daytona 500, coming to the checkered flag. Yeah, you, you're darn right. You better defend your position. Well, can we? Let's. How? What was your interpretation of those final moments? Boy, it's really hard because I mean, I mean, for all I mean, the, for inside baseball, we were kind of focused. I was focused on my story at that time, and it was kind of Bubba Wallace, who I thought, you know, if he finishes, if he doesn't win the race, Bubba Wallace is my story. So I was really focused on him and what he was doing and the moves he's making, and so I had to go back and you show me the video. It looked like, I mean, Blaney went to the outside, and Blaney had a run. It certainly looked like he had a run and was going to pass Cindric, and Cindric came up and tried to throw a block, but it was too late, and Blaney was there, and he pushed Blaney into the wall. I, I mean, that's just, that's restrictor plate racing, or speedway racing on the last lap coming to the checkered flag. I, I have a really hard time blaming Cindric for that. Well, I mean, that's his teammate, so... What are you supposed to do, let him go? Well, maybe you drag race him to the line i guess i don't know no i guess not i guess not but, but blaney had such a run i mean it's he pretty... walled his teammate though yes he did so maybe his teammate doesn't appreciate that well here's here's the you know the other inside baseball start of this i guess is so my story that's coming out on the athletic uh maybe by maybe it'll be out by the time you you read this i haven't started writing it yet but you gotta get going on that yeah um <laughs> So I, I followed, I was going to follow the Daytona 500 winner, whoever that was. So I was in victory lane, um, you know, observing everything that happened. And I saw various drivers come to victory lane. Ryan Blaney came to victory lane and he shook pretty much everybody on the team's hand, including Roger Penske, who was standing right next to Austin Sindrick. And then he did not say anything to Austin Sindrick and just left. Hmm. Um, Austin Sindrick was kind of like, I think, looking at him like, are we going to have an interaction here kind of thing? And Blaney shook Roger Penske's hand with this very like sour look on his face kind of thing. And yeah, they, he did not congratulate his teammate. And I believe he said on the radio something that he was very upset. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you're Ryan Blaney, you're going to be upset in that moment. And I think if the roles had been reversed, I think it's a fair question of how Blaney would have handled that. Would he have moved up and tried to, 
throw a block indoors teammate? I, I don't know. Well, Blaney has been the the ideal restrictor plate teammate for several restrictor plate races Absolute. and always seems to get screwed. Yeah, I mean, he he's a very good teammate, but it's I have a really hard time criticizing guys for going out there and, and, and on the last lap and winning and doing what it takes to win, and it's it's really hard. It's really we, we had this conversation at Phoenix last year when we talked about Daniel Hemrick and you know winning a whether and it was Cindric and Cindric, <laughs> yeah. yeah, whether you know Hemrick was too nice to win a championship and what it, you have to go again. I mean, when that checkered flag's in front of you, it's really hard to say. Oh no, yeah, I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I'm not criticizing you know that him doing what it takes to win, but but just the te- the fact that was a, a teammate, um, a teammate who was trying to stick with you, and then race it at the end. Um, maybe you drag race your your teammate to the line, but but maybe. that might cost you because, yeah. like you said, Blaney did have a run. Yeah, and Bubba was coming down low. Mm. It could have been a three wide finish, like photo finish. Yeah, and Bubba had some steam with him too, and it's hard, and it happens so quick. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, for sure. It's well, I, and, and to your point of it happening quick, like I said, I, I was following um, Cindric around after the race, and when he was done with victory lane and, and got on a golf cart. He asked me what happened. He said, did, did Blaney wreck? Like he, he, and still after all the uh, media, I mean, I've just followed him for the last, whatever, two hours. He is, he has not seen, I promise you, he's not seen the replay of the finish yeah. of what happened. Like he, he's, he hasn't seen the race yet. He certainly hasn't all. heard Blaney's comments. <laughs> well, what? No, I mean, he, no, you're right. So, um, I'm sure there'll be a lot to digest, and and you know I'm I'm sure Blaney will. It's it's you know to me this is you, you that was in the heat of the moment. Yeah, well, I mean but. the heat of the moment, post race, biggest race, what it means, and Blaney's come close now. This is he's had two second place finishes in this race. He comes close again. He had another race where he's led a lot of laps. He, this is starting to like add up for him in this race where he probably should have had. He's a win. like the favorite, or like yeah. maybe not the odds favorite, but the sort of the every industry picks favorite every yeah, time. But, and it's not like he's doing anything wrong. I mean, again, he's had two second place finishes. One year in 2019, he led a hundred some laps. Um, it's just working yeah, against them. They were, he was in perfect position, really. He did great. He did great. And he's he's done a great job. And he is a great constant teammate, like always willing to go above and beyond and really kind of put other people before him. And Well, he said, Blaney said after the race that he was going to do whatever it could, whatever it took to get Roger a win, one of those cars. And so that's why he was, you know, he was pushing his teammate and sticking with his teammate. And then to me, from, I you know, guess from Blaney's perspective, you you said, okay, I've, I've done everything I can to make sure one of us is going to win this race. Now I'm going to pull out, we're going to race <laughs> it out, and then you, my teammate, just put me in the wall. Yeah. But a Penske car did win. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's tough. And I think, you know, it would be interesting to see heat of the moment, completely understand the frustration and anger. It would be interesting to see where Ryan is at on, like, a Tuesday or Wednesday. Well, and, and, and I don't think Ryan, you know, from the – media from the infield care center interviews and stuff he he was pretty careful with his words he yeah. he didn't lash out it was just on it's, the radio where he yeah, had, and that's you know ryan's nature and yeah you know a time and perspective and i think it'll be fine we've, we've seen this before i mean the toyota drivers in 2016 with the gibbs guys you know there was some hard feelings there with matt kenseth felt like he got the short end of the stick and denny hamlin had kind of broken the code that they had and it's just yeah. it's the it's the nature of the beast when it comes to these races we happened a year ago yeah that's right. With, with Penske. Teammates, yeah. <laughs> um, the other Penske teammate, Joey Logano, came to victory lane, uh, was very happy, and 
uh, Austin Cindric picked up Joey Logano, picked wow. him up off his feet to hug him. <laughs> Uh, that could be painful. That was a it was a, a tall hug. Yeah. Two tall people hugging for in order to p- pick Joey Logano up off his feet. Bubba Wallace came to victory lane as well and was very uh, gracious and smiling, yeah. even though I know uh, uh, you were there when he got out of his car and he seemed devastated. And- yeah, crushed. I mean, just that look, uh, and I'm writing about it, is like that far away, distant look of like, damn, so close and just slipped away and... It stung. I mean, described it as a gut punch, and it was devastated. Was a word he used, and that's it's fair. I mean, he it was he did everything right. He drove a really really smart race. He put himself in position, picked his spots well, was up front all day, was in was in contention. And this is different than 2018, where 2018 he just kind of things happened. He kind of ended up in that spot. He never really had a chance to win that race. This was different. Like he was there, and it seemed like he was the best Toyota for much of the race or in, in yes. the best position. I mean, I know Truex won a couple stages. Yeah. Um, and Kyle Busch seemed to be pretty fast, even despite w- his damage and stuff. But Yeah, and they just couldn't get linked up at the end. And that was, the I think, the difference there is they were both in the vicinity of the top five-ish, and they just at the end they just couldn't get together, and the Fords were. Bubba drove a great race, and he, you know, and he had a little bit of damage there at the end. And it's one of those things. It's just what it should have, could have. But – it, it sucks and it's tough and it, it took him a minute and he got out of his race car he sat in the, the edge of the window the door there and just kind of looked out and processed it and then walked around his car and it was just hugged his crew guys it was that, that's a loss that stings and it's going to sting for a little bit but i think at the end of the day while this is going to hurt in a couple of days they're going to look back on this and say you know what we had a really good speed weeks so we went there we didn't tear up our car they got some damage but it's fine um, we left there, finished second that for a season where you got a lot of expectations. Leaving here, the second place finish, and you're up in points, and where people are expecting you to make the playoffs, you have to make, you have to do good in these races because these are really your strong suit. That's a lot to be. There's a lot of momentum and a lot of positivity for this team. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, it's uh, he almost won two straight super speedway races. You know, if you go back to Talladega last fall, mm-hmm. um, and he finished second in Daytona in August. Okay, well there you go. I mean, he's he's clearly uh, he, you know his confidence is there, and he's going to run up there. And um, we probably got to put him in that category of the Laganos, Keslowskis, Blaney's, Hamlins. You know, he's he's knocking on that door of like. Yeah, I'd put him maybe sort of in like the Byron tier of like the almost there guy. Always there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. I mean, he's got to win a little bit more to be consistently. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely. I mean. Gosh, late in that race, um, before some of those last wrecks, I mean, you had Stenhouse up there, and it was like, oh, Stenhouse is going to win. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, maybe Busher's going to win. Yep. Um, then Brad they, was in the they mix. Both got taken out. Brad, boy, Brad was aggressive, wasn't he? <laughs> I guess when you, I guess when you, when you're signing the checks and you're the boss, you can drive however, and you don't have to answer to anybody. You can drive however you want. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, um, I guess we can start talking about other parts of the race now because it was funny. Uh, I'm not trying to toot my own horn at all because I think this no. was a very obvious. But beep beep. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying, I, it's gonna. It maybe sounds like I am, but I'm not because I'm telling you this was. It. I don't know how it looked on TV, but I, I can't even describe how obvious it was that that first wreck was going to happen with Kozlowski pushing Burton. Yeah. I turned to. I was up there with Davy Siegel and uh, Zach Sterniolo, and I was like, "Oh, this is like." Keselowski kept pushing Harrison Burton, kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. And he was getting squirrely all over the place, like wiggling every time. 
And I was like, would you guys be pushing like a rookie like this? I mean, nothing against Harrison. Um, you know, he'll, he'll learn and stuff yeah. like that. But um, Keselowski was giving him big, like the kind of pushes you'd give to a very veteran teammate who has been through this over and over again. And I was just like, uh, I don't think this is going to work. I was like, I would bail out of here unless you think you're going to win the stage. And I mean, like immediate, like right after that, <laughs> I was like, wow, that was weird. Like they, they wrecked and Burton went flipped over. And by the way, that, that car went over pretty easily Yeah, uh, for my liking. But um, anyway, what'd you see from that? What was your perspective on that? that Brad track? was extremely aggressive today. He's been aggressive all week though. I mean, he, he was that way in his duel. And he was again today, and he, the Stenhouse accident uh, later, Stenhouse was very adamant. Like, that was Brad driving too hard and too aggressive. Brad is an aggressive driver in general on super speedway races. And in the last few years, I mean, he's talked about it. Like, he feels like he had to be even more cutthroat because other guys weren't giving him the respect, and he felt like he was getting the short end of it. That's Brad, and I think there's a lot to prove there, too. And, you know, you come to Daytona, he's never won here before. He wants to win this bad. This is the big crown jewel for him, for everybody, but this is the one that he's missing on his resume. And you come here with a brand-new team, and you, you want to set the tone, and he certainly did that. And it's unfortunate, but, you know, you leave here, you, you finish in the top ten, and you had a great day, got some points. and He led by far the most laps, Yeah, 67 laps. His previous career high in a Daytona 500 had been 30 laps led. So, um, I mean, he really – I think he was doing a lot of what he wanted, but it just didn't work out that way. And he got shuffled late, and they separated. He and uh, his teammate Chris uh, Busher, they separated. And they just couldn't get back linked up together, and it was kind of a free-for-all there at the end. And he just he, – Brad never got back in that mix. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was weird how those, those late restarts, especially with no choose rule, that really – the dynamic of that changes because it's like, okay, you have these guys working together and they're lined up the right way. And then a caution comes out and all of a sudden they get split up or separated. And it's like, how do you get back together? Um, so yeah, that was, that was kind of interesting, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's clearly, I mean, Brad showed all of us, um, that, you know, they're clearly, clearly highly motivated to, do something different at, at RFK this year. You mean they're gonna make they're gonna make some noise. They're gonna try their best to really make a statement. Um, obviously, they swept the duels. Um, Kozlowski dominated Daytona 500, um, and then ultimately he gets beat by his old car. So um, I'm sure that's not what he wanted. But why does this change the narrative? What we think of what's Brad and RFK racing for the season? I don't think it does. Like this is a super speedo race. And what happens here is not indicative of what is is so far different than anything else that I don't think you can pull anything from here. And the one thing that Roush has not done well, uh, Roush's struggles over the years, they've had a lot go wrong, not a lot go right. The one area where they have been so good is super speedway racing. They have consistently built fast race cars. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., two wins, 17. Chris was has led many laps and been in contention. Like Them coming here... And having success and being fast isn't a surprise. And then you throw Keslowski, who's a great super speedway racer in the mix. It's like, I would have been, it's almost unfair. I would have been disappointed if they didn't come here and do well. But that doesn't mean that this is going to carry over to next week at Fontana or, you know, Las Vegas or Phoenix. It, like, this is so different. Like, it's great that they've got something to build off of and the dual success is wonderful, but that doesn't mean anything. Why? 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 Why not? Because it's so different. It's like, a new car, though. 
I think that there's enough. The, the, you're still. I mean, what? You, there's nothing that applies at Daytona that that applies to. I don't care if it's a new car. It's a different kind of track. It's a different style of racing. Those are engine. The tracks at Vegas and Phoenix. They're a lot more engineering based. Um, it's not about a, you know, everybody's kind of got the same engine package. It's not about the draft and keeping everybody lumped together. These are it's so different. I think they could go out and run well. However, um, and we can take a slight detour here from the actual racing to discuss the wheels. Um, they're going to probably be in a little bit of a hole yeah. uh, by the time <laughs> we get to Fontana. Now, we don't know. We're sitting here Sunday night, of course, so we don't know what the penalties are going to be. We assume there's going to be penalties, but we I would don't think so. know. Um, as you guys have heard, you know, uh, NASCAR had been saying, look, do not mess with this, the, the parts and pieces on this next-gen car because everybody has the same stuff. And if anybody's messing with them and tweaking them and doing stuff to them, then everybody's just back to square one and sort of this arms race of, well, what, what can we do? The whole, that's the whole point of this is to have everybody using the same stuff. Now, RFK... And Penske got caught um, widening. There's these holes um, in the upper part of the wheel, not the center hub, mm -hmm. but around the wheel. I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 holes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I can look here really quick. Well, I you don't have to count them. But, okay. you know, they're all around the top and uh, they hook on. And people were saying that it's easier on a pit stop to take the wheel on and off if you are able to you, you can pull it on on and off easier if you can maybe widen the holes 18 18 okay jordan just counted 18. um there's not that many you now you there's not that many fasteners or whatever mm -hmm. on there i don't know what the right term is but it th that's the whole point you don't have to hook it on wherever you put it those should be in the middle but i guess it can catch a little bit if you're not pulling it off at the, the right way and especially in the front tire is my understanding yeah and and so you have to um so I guess they were widening these holes. Now, one of the teams was caught apparently on video doing this right out back of their hauler. So in theory, they weren't trying to be covert about it, right? But at the same time, they did not ask NASCAR from from what we can tell for permission to do this well see that but Roger Penske was in here and I, we, neither of us were here for this because we were doing different things in the garage but Roger Penske came to the media center and was asked about it and I'm kind of paraphrasing here but he did say it, from my, my understanding is like he the, he said there's emails of like them asking kind of NASCAR about this which if that's you know, which kind of goes back to something else we heard, which was like, if there's documentation that they went to NASCAR and asked about this, there might be a little bit of room, a little wiggle room here to kind of. Sneak well, through. okay, that's that's fine, but I guess what we had heard initially was that they yeah. did not, and then they said, well, it's a safety thing, and my whole argument was, well, it's a, if it's a safety thing, why wouldn't they they just ask permission before they did it? Um, I guess their argument is, well, we thought we could do it. Um, clearly, we weren't trying to hide it, but. Um, I mean, NASCAR has been such in communication with these teams on the car. You would think they would be like before making any sort of modifications to the wheels for the Daytona 500, the first race. Um, you know, I, I mean, they likely had those wheels in some capacity during the duels. Uh, so, you know, RFK swept the duels with those and. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be fascinating because the, I mean, NASCAR has been very adamant. Like you are not to mess with this stuff. You, we, we are going to track this. And if there's any, 
infringement on this, we are going to come down. We're going to come down hard. And now race one of the season, the door has been open. And how do you handle yeah. this? Do you send a message across the board of, hey, we, 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 this is what we said. And we don't care the circumstances. This is what you did. It's a no-no. Or do you say, okay, you know what? We're all learning here. There's a little bit of leniency. And we can understand maybe there's some misinterpretation. And we're going to kind of, I don't want to say let it go, but maybe you just kind of slap them on the wrist. I think you have to crush them just in the sense that everybody else in the garage is watching this very carefully. And yeah. if you don't send a message, then they're going to be like, every next oh, week. Well, we did, we did this for safety. We thought we could yeah. do this on another part. Yeah. If there, yeah, I mean, literally, I mean, literally if we've seen this before with other things, I mean, you open that door just a little bit. If you're NASCAR and the officials next week at Fontana, what is everybody doing? Yeah. You know? they're, I mean, they're trying to play in the gray area. Exactly. All, all of a sudden. And that's, that's what and they probably are already anyway, trying to play in the gray area, <laughs> but even more, you know, um, so, yeah, I, I think you have to let it go to the appeals process and, and, you know, hash it out there. But you have to send try to send a message. Here's what Penske said. And this is, quote, I think that we had contacted NASCAR a week before and said that the wheels we were getting were not all the same. And we felt we needed to modify the holes where the driver pins go. We didn't really get any feedback. And at that point, we went ahead and opened the holes up. In fact, when you look at it, they're much bigger than they would have been. Smaller, excuse me, smaller, excuse this is what this is Penske saying, smaller, excuse me, than we had on either IndyCar or on sports cars. I just think there was so much going on in trying to get the communication back and forth. We certainly talked about it with him. This wasn't something we did under the covers trying to beat anybody. It was right there. Well, and that's what he's saying. It was about out in the open when they were drilling. Exactly, the and he's very adamant. Like they communicate with NASCAR. And well, that could be another let's go Brandon Coin situation where somebody <laughs> thought, "Hey, we uh, we got our sponsorship approved. Somebody approved it who wasn't supposed to approve it, and then you know it got into this whole mess." Maybe somebody at NASCAR, well, like he said, he but he said in that quote you just read, that he, they didn't get answers or they didn't really hear anything. So that doesn't mean to me that that's permission to go but if you're asking but i you know it's always a thing you know it's better beg for forgiveness than ask permission and if you're trying to ask permission and they're not getting back to you what are you supposed to do if you're if you're in a classroom and you are not sure if you're doing something and you you're supposed to be doing something and you ask the teacher hey is this okay if i do this and the teacher doesn't say anything you I, take that as permission that you can do it wouldn't you yes. be like no like ask again or try to do even more like hey no can we do this? We just want to make sure. We just want to double check no, here that we're not. Absolutely why? not. If it's something I can in a comp, no. If I'm asking and they're not, they're not getting back to me. I'm like the door's open. Hell yeah, I'm going. The door to, wasn't open. They're going to get punished for it. They opened probably. it by not getting back to me. Like, oh, there might be an opportunity here. <laughs> and now, now look. Well, so we don't. I mean, th like you said though, you made the great point. Like this could be. I mean, this is in. This is following along the lines from what we know so far. Yeah. Of the let's go Brandon thing where there was miscommunication and you know that kind of thing and if they're adamant like hey we, you didn't we asked you didn't say you didn't yeah. say no well i'll tell you what else is this is fascinating because the, the the tentacles of this are far-reaching Here, here's another tentacle for you uh if it's an octopus and he has a bunch of different tentacles uh <laughs> so because this now this was caught before the daytona 500 mm -hmm. so the wheels they were using were legal by everything we know. However, if they get penalized, the headline is going to be Daytona 500 winner penalized for illegal wheels. Now, a significant amount of NASCAR fans are probably not going to get the nuance of that, like this was caught before and wasn't being used. Mm -hmm. And 
an even smaller percentage of the general public when it comes across the bottom line on ESPN. It's going to be very hard to explain this, and everybody's going to interpret this as the Daytona 500 winner cheated with illegal wheels. That's what that's what people are going to think because of this, and it's going to be very hard to separate that and to say, no, no, these were wheels beforehand, then they used the right wheels, but they're getting penalized for something they already used in, a, in the duels. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's going to get... It's going to get messy. Gonna be like it's going to be like close your eyes and take a deep sigh on Twitter because Twitter is just not going to. But poor Bob. Bob is going to be answering so many questions and retweeting himself over and over and over again and linking to tweets that he already put out to try to explain it to people. Bob's had me explode. We one, of the, one race into the season, Bob may just like implode. <laughs> this would be like, a good week poof. for Bob to take a vacation. We need to get Bob a bus and just like get like drive away and just get away for the weekend or something somewhere. Yeah, this is this is not going to be fun for Bob. It's the rules it, guy to- it's almost one of those things of you know this happened on Friday. You almost wish that there could have been like a pro you know a penalty they could have penalized you put already. Before yeah, like you, then you could just go on to Daytona clean and not have to worry about. it. You obviously can't do it because the wheels went back to the R&D well, center. Well, funny you mentioned that because now back to the race today, uh, maybe their argument got a little help because there was two problems with wheels coming off. One, one, a wheel came off completely. So we, do we assume that the lug nut wasn't tight on that? So on Kaz Kralo's car. Yes, that is my understanding. It's the wheel. The, but the then tw- the other, the Justin tw- Haley's car. That just broke. The wheel just broke. Broke. So they're not related to the uh, my and again I and I will say I am not a technical person and I am just talking to people who are smarter than I am when it comes to stuff. They say that it's not those two things are separate and it's, the holes have nothing to do with the wheel breaking for sure. They, that. that is their that is their belief. Okay. But I'm an, I, just, I cannot preface this enough and couch this enough. Well, obviously I have no yeah. idea. Yeah, so we'll so, see. I, but you know. But I'm just saying, if you were, <laughs> yeah. if you did something to the wheels. And you were trying to make an argument that it was for safety oh, reasons. That's a good. I would immediately then point and say, "Let me show oh, you this video. <laughs> Let me ask you. Did you see what happened the Daytona 500? So you were up in the press box. Yeah. I was in the infield. That's kind of our normal routine. And then you come down towards the end of the race. Now, so the second wheel incident happened around lap 50-ish. I think it was. Is yeah. That right. Um, it was pretty early. Okay. Right. What's, what's your? So, <laughs> what was crossing your mind when you saw? Justin Haley have a wheel issue after Kaz Grawl oh, had yeah, it. yeah. I'm like, Because, well. I mean, immediately my mind was like, oh, like my, my ears, like, like you get that tingly feeling, your ears kind of perk, you're like, oh, boy. Like, you get a tingly th- feeling in your ears? I get a little tingly feeling. I, I think right that might have been the sunburn you got today. That's probably it, too. But, um, I mean, like, you start getting that feeling, though, like, man, oh, this is. No, I know what you're saying, though. Like, sometimes you see one mechanical failure and then like another one, it's the same thing. You're like, Oh, there's going to be a rash of this. Oh my gosh. An undiscovered thing, undiscovered thing on the new car is that the wheels don't stay on and they're all going to fall off. And it's going to be like a disaster trying to get to the end of the Daytona 500. We're going to have a brickyard 400 caution. Exactly. Yeah. They're going to have to call (laughs) cautions and they're going to have to stop the race and go out about it. Right. Yeah, exactly. I did for sure. (laughs) Oh my gosh. The guns don't work. The wheels don't stay on. How are they going to get through? Uh, yeah, and then it didn't happen. You no, know, it didn't happen. One. That so. was the last one. But yeah, that, that does naturally go through your head, of course. Um, well, maybe. I don't know. That should be natural. 
I probably think that's part of. I think that's part of being a reporter, though. Is like you start to see a little bit of things happen, and you start to see a trend. Like what you maybe, hey, is this a trend? And that's that's what we do. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a trend. It thankfully. wasn't. It stopped. Thankfully, because I'm glad we didn't have. Yeah, to. yeah. No, but that would have been wheels. We're gonna be talking wheels all week, and I think we're gonna be talking wheels for a while. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. It's gonna be. It's gonna change the narrative, as they say. You know, you're gonna have all this like, oh, that was a NASCAR season's off to a great start. The clash was you know, really good atmosphere and fun. And then the Daytona 500, absolutely jam-packed, sold out. Fun race. Infield, biggest I've seen in 10 years. Weather great, great you know, great finish. New young winner and rookie. Penalties. <laughs> penalties time. <laughs> you know, and then everybody's like, the penalties, the penalties, the penalties. All I hear right now is like the sound of a balloon coming out. Like the... <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank okay. you. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, yeah, but that's part of this car. It's what this is, and you're going to see this, and this is going to happen throughout the course of the year. Teams are going to find areas they think they can play in, and they're going to realize that they can, and NASCAR is going to have to come at them. And it's, that's why I said it's going to be so fascinating to see how NASCAR handles this. Do they throw the book at them, or do they just say, you know, okay? Yeah. Um, any other, like, did you want to get into any of the other wrecks or any, any incidents yeah, I mean, that – couple things i mean we've talked about this so much i feel like we'd be remiss not to mention we talked about car shortages and parts and that kind of thing i mean in looking at it oh geez almost fell out of my chair oh that would have been (laughs) i almost had the big one over here (laughs) talk about wheels falling off um you know we had dairy i mean hendrick motorsports i mean kyle larson's car had got a pretty good whap uh they lost uh william byron um bowman got into a wreck but his car was able to continue um it's it's just interesting to see how this goes and how what the process for this is and how teams what teams are comfortable coming out of here feeling good and other teams are saying uh oh, you know this is a little this is a little worrisome and even Penske I mean they lost a car with Logano in practice or and in the duel Cindric broke his car too and Cindric, yes he did yes I mean that's why he was sitting on the hood uh at the start finish line because he he broke the starter and he couldn't get it refired and uh they had to push it into victory lane and everything so um, they'll have to do some repair work on that. I mean, they're they're taking these cars out to Fontana on Tuesday, I believe. Yeah. They got to start driving soon. JTG, so. I saw. I mean, I saw Stenhouse's car in the garage, and it was, I mean, it's destroyed. I mean, the front of the car is just. And if you're talking Penske cars, Harrison Burton's. That's true. Yes, car, that's absolutely you know. as well. I mean, it's you know. How'd the back of that car look to you? I didn't like how the back crunched. I didn't. Crunchy see it enough to know so oh, i'll take you took a video of it i, I took a video, video of it but i was like pulling in like 20 different directions so oh i stopped your video and like oh well, see, that's something i need to do <laughs> oh okay yeah um but it was like a, it was like this this was like a train of cars of just coming in i mean the, the, the driver cockpit seemed to be holding up so yeah pretty well in these wrecks that byron crash was really hard i mean he and he was able to walk away from that it was encouraging yeah no, i mean everybody i mean that that is good that they they were all i mean harrison burton too but i mean like we said earlier, uh, and I'm glad that was the only rollover thing, but I thought his car went over too easily uh, based on we were hoping to see these cars stay on the ground in mm-hmm. this new era. And, and that one, I don't know, that, that was a little bit weird to see that flip. And and he could have flipped again, but I think maybe they were going at a slow enough speed that um, it, it didn't turn out that way. But um, I don't know. That was, yeah. The, the, as far as the other wrecks, though, I mean, I think those were just typical super speedway racing, you know, 
um, people couldn't see in front of them or, you know, like Larson had too much of a, a run. He had a huge run. He got back into the heart. He got into the back of Harvick and Harvick had kind of had to slow up for Busher a little bit, yeah. you know, stuff like that. I mean, that's just, we call the, that a racing deal in the business. Is that what you call it yeah. in the business? Okay. Thanks for telling me. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, that was a lot of, uh, that was just normal. That was just normal to me. Yeah. So, I mean, nothing jumped out to me. I mean, it was just I mean, the thing that probably jumped out was this Brad being very, very aggressive, maybe overly so, but he was very determined. Was so, was there the pretty much the amount of wrecks that you thought there was going to be? Was there more or less? About the same. I mean, I mean, to me, it's this was a fairly typical Daytona race, you know? Yeah. I mean, you didn't, which to honestly, I think that's a positive based Absolutely. on everything we were worried about with the new car. How's it going? You know, what's it going to do? We just didn't know. Yeah, and there's still kinks to be worked out with this, isn't it? Perfect. Um, no, yeah, for sure. I'm not saying that at all. No, but no, no, no. But it's, I, I, pretty standard Daytona for the product that, for you know, for all the questions, the concerns. <laughs> yeah. Um, Skepticism. I think I think it was relatively okay. I think they, they, they can they can work on minor stuff. Yeah. But I'm uh, I think I, I'm really curious to see what Fontana's like, because that's, a, you know, kind of an intermediate track and the field gets spread out a little bit and how the cars race there. And we'll see. And who knows? Maybe it's who knows if it's the last race at Fontana on a two mile track. All right. Clash poll winner, Jordan Bianchi. Was this a good race? What what will people say? Good race. Um, I think they'll be fairly happy. The. Racing wasn't strung out. It was continued action. A lot more passing than last year, for sure. Plus, she had a good finish. I would feel very confident. Pretty, It's going to be in the 80s, and I'll just say 83%. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm so happy you did that. Why? I really wanted to go high 80s, and I was worried you were going to go high 80s. Okay. And I, you left me that. Oh, okay. So I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. Because I was going to have a real dilemma of which way to go if you went like 87, 88, but you, you left that wide open for me. Okay. Um, so I, thank you. You're thank welcome. You. Um, design. I, I, I'm going to have faith in people and think that people would have enjoyed the race because why, why not? I, I mean, they rode around a little bit, but it was fine. Um, I mean, it wasn't like the whole race. It wasn't boring. I mean, it, it wasn't, there wasn't no, like a lot of this was, down this, periods or yeah. something. It was a good Daytona 500. And like you said, very exciting finish. Um, I mean, the, even the wrecks before, you know, to set up overtime. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, my adrenaline was getting up watching those final laps. I was like, well, who's going to win? I mean, anybody could win. A lot of people that had never won before were up there. It wasn't like the usual names. It was like, wow, this is going to be, is, you know, we always think in terms of stories. It was like, this, this is going to be this story. Oh, this is gonna, this will be this angle if this guy wins, you know. Um, there was lots going on. You didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, certainly it wasn't like one driver dominated, you know, yeah, you had a lot of Fords up there for a lot of the time, but, um, I don't think people are going to like take off points because of that maybe people will be mad that their driver didn't have good finishes or something. But, uh, overall, I mean, I don't think Austin Sindrick would weigh in on the poll. You know, I don't think people would be like, I don't like Austin, Sindrick. you know, or like, you know, I don't think that would affect it. Like if a Kyle Busch win or something or a Logano win. So, yeah, I, I feel like I kind of want to go, yeah, uh, I'll go 87. I'll go 87. That's a good number. I thought this was a good race. I, I, I have a hard time picking it apart. Yeah. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Um, interesting weekend all around. Uh, you know, this could have been a narrative that wasn't so great had Myatt Snyder's wreck gone differently in the Xfinity Ooh. race. That one was scary. Yeah, it was. Woo, geez, airborne, the engine comes airborne, out of the car. And then debris almost hits Michael Jordan on the backstretch. Ooh, that's a scary. Can you imagine that headline? You imagine it, uh, it's not. Uh, Michael Jordan struck by debris at NASCAR race, injured or something or worse. I mean, whoa, yikes, <laughs> big yikes. Yeah. That's, this uh, sport might have got shut down for something like that. I mean, it would it would have been bad for a lot of reasons. Um that was tough. I mean, he, uh, you just hate to see those accidents. Yeah. I don't know, I, and I don't know what we, we feel like we've kind of moved away from the car. There was a run there for a long time where cars were flipping all of the time. We had, mm-hmm. it seemed like these kind of accidents were happening way too, and they were, they were happening way too often. We've kind of moved away from it a little bit, but man, that, that brought back some memories. It was like, geez, I mean, like you just don't want to see it. And thankfully we haven't. So hopefully it's just a, a fluke. I mean, gosh, these guys keep getting terrible wrecks and keep climbing out, and you just think, are the cars, like, that safe? Or is NASCAR, is it a combination of NASCAR being a little bit lucky and the cars being that safe? Or, like, I mean, because some of these wrecks, you're like, oh, man, if he had gone at this angle or gone this way, but they don't. I mean, every time they walk away, I mean, it's kind of a, I mean, I was talking to Mike Hembry, the longtime veteran journalist up in the press box today, um, we were sitting next to each other and he's like, it's kind of, it's pretty remarkable run, um, that in, in terms of safety that these, the, the sports had, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, there haven't really been even really serious. I mean, Kyle Busch, Ryan Kyle Bush, Eric Omarola. I mean, it's yeah, been, I mean, it's not like serious, serious injuries though, like life threatening injuries and you know, there haven't been any deaths. Um, so yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I think there's obviously some element of luck involved. I mean, just sometimes things happen, and you know. But I, I do think NASCAR has to be given a credit, and they, they, it's easy to criticize them for things they do. But when it comes to safety, man, they they do a darn good job. And these cars they build, the catch fencing, the safer barriers, they 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 don't. I I don't think people, and I'm probably guilty of this too. Probably give them enough credit for this because they they do 
a really, really good job, and they do take that very, very serious. Jordan, one thing um, that we can't really weigh in on, but I think we should at least acknowledge, um, is the amount of TV commercials today. Um, I, I personally, you know, like, and again, I'm not trying to be like, oh, just go. I'm not, I'm not saying this at all, but there's, you know, like sort of like this, just go to the race and you won't see any commercials thing. I don't believe in that. No, I think, I, and I actually prefer to watch sporting events at home. Oh, then being there? Yeah, then being Except there. Except when there's commercials like there were apparently today. Apparently, yeah, I saw, from what I hear from a lot of you on Twitter. I saw, I saw the same thing. Yeah, I saw the same thing. People were very upset about how many commercials there were because like every time I tweet something, people would go, I wouldn't know, Jeff. Fox is another commercial. I can't believe these commercials. This is ridiculous. Like people were getting really frustrated. And um, I think too, like as if this argument didn't have enough legs before i think people watching more f1 which is completely commercial free from start to finish people are really going why are there so many commercials in nascar races like and it's really especially in in the daytona 500 where anything can happen they're in a full pack or it's coming to the end of the stage and they go to a commercial or something and you're like wow so again i i didn't see them because we're watching it live so i'm not trying to be insensitive to those of you who were upset about it we'll be able to weigh on it weigh in on it as we watch more races from home but we were both here so we can't yeah i would like to see the number of breakdowns and i know there's some websites out there that do that i'd like to see the numbers of whether this was just perception or was it the same yeah you know or more greater was there like a bigger percentage of green flag laps missed um Uh, and i I I can't answer i i but people were certainly i've heard this isn't a new criticism but it was there definitely there today and it felt like it was there at the clash too Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, there was different criticisms for The Clash um, on the production side that I saw a lot of, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's... uh, Fox has taken a few arrows so far. Yeah, it does seem like they've missed some stuff. Um, In fact, even going back to today, like, they missed uh, the wheel coming off uh, from Growl's car the first time, right? Yeah, they, they, they never had a replay of it actually coming off. They had it, like going down the track or something, but it was like that weird moment where all of a sudden you saw Grala's car slowing down and then you saw Chase Briscoe spinning, but there wasn't like a, there wasn't like some zoomed in shot Shot. or something of the wheel flying off. And you know, you saw it, there was another replay of it just bouncing and cars avoiding it. And you're like, Whoa, but it wasn't, you know, they kind of missed the initial kind of thing and they had missed Ryan Blaney's uh, Hans throw at the clash um, it seems like they missed some other stuff, but just, I don't know, not enough cameras or I don't know what the deal is, but yeah, I don't, it's, uh, we'll see. I, I, I'm trying to, I, I'm just trying to, it's, it's been, it, the clash was frustrating. I mean, as someone who watched it at home, it was frustrating. It was like, there was a lot of, there was a moments where they were, sh- the racing was going, you know what? So there was moments where you re- the racing was really good. And you're like, and then they would zoom in on a crew member or zoom in on a fan. And like, why are you showing me that? And like, I, I don't need to see that. Like, I want to see what's going on on the track. And let me say that, and I'll preface this. I, I think Fox has done a really good job. I thought the booth with Stewart and Clint Boyer was fantastic. And I thought Mike Joy did a really good job. And that was fantastic. At the Clash, there were some frustrating moments. Uh, there was a late restart, I don't know, 10, 15 laps to go, whatever that was. Like, you got Joy Logano first. Kyle Busch second. These guys do, I mean, they, they've got a history. 
both of those guys are aggressive and you like you, you you think wow on a short track like this for a win that doesn't matter you know for no points like all right and instead they cut away pretty quick to another battle in the car and, and you know another battle going on and they did a crank them up segment with like 15 laps to go or whatever and it was like really and and again this is maybe just perception but I can say that these observations were, were noted by others and that it felt like there was a lot of like in-car camera shots and except, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a little too many where I can't say this enough it, at a racetrack like the Coliseum and at a racetrack like here at Daytona, the overhead shots are by far the best and very rarely should you show in-car camera shots. I mean, it, it's a very select time and I, you know, it, it's it's frustrating and it's so easy to criticize. And this is why I'm so reluctant to do it because it's mm-hmm. so easy. You're literally sitting in your couch telling me how to do their job better, which they have far more experience. So it's it really feels unfair. And this is just my observation. I just it was like, man, okay, you know, there was a moment in one of the heat races at the Clash. There was there was action going on, on the track, and they went and interviewed a crew chief, which is fine. Of and of itself, but put that little interview, if you need to have it on camera, put it in the corner. And instead, we got the interview with the crew chief in the entire screen. And that, okay. you know, so. And again, I, I really hate criticizing this because I've learned over the years that it's a lot. It's really easy to criticize and it's not, you know, I don't have the expertise to do that. But that was just some of my observations. And today, I, I didn't see it. I just, I was listening to it, the coverage, more than I was actually like physically watching it. Right. But I did see that there was a lot of commercials. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to at least acknowledge that because I know uh, it was a big topic for people uh, out there who were maybe listening to this. Um, we we should definitely talk about Austin Austin Cindric's win now and what that means for the rest of the season because we came out with our playoff predictions for the year and I don't think either of us picked Austin Cindric to make it. I had no, I had him on my bubble. I was, I had him winning a race this year. No, no. I said I wouldn't be surprised. I said multiple times I wouldn't be surprised if he won a race. We have the exact same playoff pick. But I said he was going to be in the mix. I, I'm still. I don't feel like this is. I'm take, trying to take care of for this because I feel like I should. I'm going to pop this up now. We both had the exact same 16 drivers yep. in our playoff picks. Yep. I'm fairly confident that I did not have Austin Cindric in the playoffs, which means you didn't. So if you're going to say, "Oh, I picked him to win a race," that would mean he would win the be in the playoffs most likely, unless he won during the playoffs after he'd already missed it sort of like Bubba did last year. But no, we did not have him in the playoffs. I'm looking right now. Hang on. I didn't have him in the playoffs, but I thought he I thought he had the potential to get in the playoffs and win a race. Well, that does you, we didn't pick him for the playoffs. Bottom line is we we, we hey, can't oh, give ourselves Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, Bianchi, what you have. Rookie of the year pick, Cindric. He's the correct and obvious pick. In fact, don't be surprised if he wins a race during the regular season to earn a playoff berth. But you didn't pick him. You said don't be surprised if he does. Yes. Well, what did I say about him? Uh, Austin Sindrick, his seven Cup Series starts will be a significant advantage combined with his road course prowess and having a top-notch team surrounding him. Harris Burton will have a steeper learning curve. We were talking about Rookie of the Year. Todd Gilliland. I picked him for Rookie of the Year, but I didn't pick him for playoffs. You say nothing about him possibly winning a race, so I'm well ahead of this. I saw this coming. You did not pick him to win a race. If you picked him to win a race, you would have put him in your playoffs. Don't be surprised he wins a race, which is saying... Don't be surprised. That Mm -hmm. didn't... you, You are surprised because you didn't pick him. No. That's right. You're I'm not surprised, surprised it didn't come out of road course, to be honest. That's the only thing I'm surprised about. You can't just say, oh, here's my playoff drivers. 
don't be surprised if these other people also win and make the playoffs. Oh, let me continue, okay. Mr. Gluck. Surprise playoff driver. That's the category, the subhead. Surprise playoff driver. Gluck, none. Bianchi, Chase Briscoe, or Sindrick. Do they count as surprises? If the answer is yes, then one of the two, if not both, are the choices here. But did you pick him? Yes, it literally says surprise playoff <laughs> okay. driver Sindrick. It okay. literally says that. I'm going to our playoff picks, okay, where we say here's our playoff picks. Here's all they, Here they are. Kyle Larson, Chase uh, Elliott, uh, William Byron, uh, Alex Bowman, the four Hendrick drivers. Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., Christopher Bell, mm -hmm. the four JGR drivers. Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney, only two Penske drivers, mm -hmm. and we can go on and on. I get that. But we I, have Chase I mean, Briscoe. I was, I was we have Brad Kozlowski. We have Tyler Reddick. We have Austin Dillon, Kurt Busch. We do not have Austin Sindrick. No, but I was like on this. I was feeling it. You could tell. I was sniffing this out. What, I mean, what world are you living in? It, it's right here. If well, I'm, the answer, we're in the exact same boat. I'm saying we cannot give ourselves collectively I want, credit. I want at least 50% credit on this. Anyway. So who's the, Oh, here's a fun question for you. Wait, well, I wanted to ask what this means for the season. He's in the playoffs. That's now. what I was going to ask you. Like, driver. who drops out now? Who drops out? Yeah, like out of the 16, we just, you know, your provisional 16. Oh, hell if I know. I didn't think he was going to win the Daytona 500. How do you want me to tell you he was going to drop out? I don't know. I'm already I mean, 0 for 1 on my playoff picks. Yeah, I'm feeling good. So are you, I'm, by the way. Yeah, playoff picks, yes, but race winners, I'm on, I'm, I'm on target. So I'm feeling pretty good. It's... The only way you can justify this argument about saying he's a surprise if there's more than 16 regular season winners and then he doesn't make the playoffs for some reason. I want to note this podcast. Now I'm rooting for more playoff. More, uh, so you can be right or wrong? Just you're, like, you're, I, you're wrong. Can, can everybody just – oh, my gosh. Oh, I wish everybody could just uh, not be saying, here in the room with me to make fun of your sockless loafers. Why does my fashion drive you hurt you so much? Because did you see all the comments today uh, from, you know, this is this is a, some very nice comments. I try to look on the positive, Jeff, and try to build people up, not knock them down. OK, well, you know, as a parent, I thought you would recognize and appreciate that. But apparently not. I think people should wear racetrack appropriate attire to the to the races. Um, OK, you know what? Next time I go to race in a couple weeks at Atlanta, I will let you pick up my wardrobe for me. OK, Dad. OK, sounds great. Great. Uh, <laughs> driving a minivan. It's it's so amazing how many people stop me and and like urge me to keep bringing the fight to Jordan. That's lovely. People are mean. <laughs> What's wrong with people? Um, no, but in all honesty, though, uh, it's been really cool to to hear people that that do enjoy the podcast. Um, we we do get along, uh, maybe like brothers or something. But uh, people were, were a little bit curious about the bickering. But um, no, we we get along. We're good teammates. Um, uh, furthermore, oh, oh, in our geez. playoff preview, I wish I hadn't said uh, anything nice. I say for the last playoff spot, it's going to come down to, in no particular order, Chastain, Cindric, Dylan, Wallace, or Cole Custer. Whoever scores a win among these guys will take it. But should it come down to points, should it come down to points, then the advantage goes to Dylan, the only driver with multiple uh, playoff berths among this group. So should it come down to points, I had Dylan. But I also I did I did I was on to I was on to Cindric no, and did have a sense that he was going to be in contention. You named five people, so it's covering you, your butt, Jeff. You named sixteen <laughs> drivers, and then you named five additional drivers. There's only like thirty something full time drivers. So what I'm field. hearing is I need to do a better job next year of really trying to figure out a way to incorporate all like 
30 some drivers into this and I would have been really right. <laughs> I, I'm just telling everybody I was wrong about the playoff picks. Austin Cindric surprised me. He surprised me by winning. He surprised me by, by making the playoffs. He's in the all-star race now. Um, you know, Hey, this is uh it's already started off uh, as a season of, of surprise. So it'll be fun. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I guess I'm not so surprised we ended this. You're so angry. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, listen, um, <laughs> next week is Fontana and, uh, I'll be at that one. Unfortunately, I don't, gosh, I don't know when the next race we're going to cover together is. When, when will that be? Jeez. Oof. Um. Long time, probably. Daytona? July, August? I don't know. Probably? Maybe. Maybe? Uh, yeah, maybe we could try to figure out something in, in between then, but. I mean, yeah, we're going to start alternating more, I think. Yeah, uh, that's probably the way it's going to be. I guess I'll see you in Phoenix in uh, November. <laughs> I hope we see each other before then. Speak for yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully you'll have uh, straightened up your wardrobe by then get more on, on, my on the good page. dad's back. shoes and my There's on, nothing ill, wrong with dad fashion. ill-fitting jeans and way too baggy. Sh- or what, 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 oh, okay, well, you know, I'll ill-fitting you know, shirts. These are very nice pants that I bought at Target. They look like it. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess we should probably go right instead of procrastinating and <laughs> right. talk about this on the podcast. We haven't written our stories yet. Oh, well, I started mine. I, I'm going to go get her. Oh, well, I had to, you know, follow around the champion. Uh, anyway, I, I'm so sidetracked by this, by you trying to, I, I got so thrown off. I was on a roll with this podcast <laughs> and I got completely thrown off. And irritated by you trying to claim credit from just reading what I wrote, Jeff. That's all I did was read what I wrote in print. Nobody right wants there. to listen to this arguing. Nobody. Okay. Just read so what on I wrote. that note, we'll say goodbye for now. But thank you so much for listening. In all sincerity, as I was trying to say before, uh, we love uh, getting the feedback and hearing from you guys. And like on our last podcast, the Wednesday night one, we had a bunch of people say, "Oh, we stayed up late to listen to this." I told you it was going to happen. You know, yeah, I mean, great. that's amazing. I love this is. The growing popularity of this podcast amazes me, and I'm so appreciative. I, I have call it popularity. Way to pop the balloon, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, growing, but growing from like completely irrelevant to like half relevant, maybe. Boy, you're depressing. I mean, it's not like we're, we're not like Dirty Mo Media here. I never was even going to compare that, but how? Where, where do you think we fall in like the the line Listen, of NASCAR? For someone podcasts? who has very few friends on this side of the microphone, I am just happy that anybody even recognizes me at all. Okay, we're like below. We're like a fraction of like the Dale Jr. Download and Dover Bumper Clear. We're probably a fraction of like the Burton Continuum. Uh, like every every single thing that okay, you're just hurt well, stacking pennies way above us. Um, hey, at least positive regression's gone now. Yeah, so anybody can, even listens to this at all makes me feel good. <laughs> we'd be like, we're number five. We're no, we're like the fifth best NASCAR podcast. Someone's never won anything. Again, I'm very happy with that. Top five. That's fine. Top five. Okay. <laughs> Slightly above average is just fine. And that for might me. even be stretching it. We, there may be some other ones that we don't know about. But okay, you're hurting my feelings. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but anyways, thank you for making us the fifth or sixth most listened to NASCAR podcast or whatever. You are. Good Lord. Uh, we, we appreciate your, your support really. Um, you, and you guys, all your feedback makes us feel good. We're just joking around. We like each other most of the time. And, uh, yeah, it's, we're looking forward to a fun season. Uh, we're going to have lots to talk about this year clearly. And yeah, we appreciate all you guys. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time on the teardown.